Welcome back to Slightly Underwhelming, the podcast that's embracing life during COVID with open arms, despite all our bitching about it in the last episode. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcast producer, Paige McLaughlin, and in light of the Halloween season, my co-producer, Seth Morgan, is only here in spirit. We have a spooktacular episode for all you Elmers today, and we'll be welcoming our first special guest of the season. So let's get crack-a-lackin' and cue that intro. One and all, welcome to our underwhelming update, where we bring you the news, real and fake, that'll make you sigh and say, yep, that's 2020 for you. I'm Calvin Holliday. And I'm Leah. Unfortunately, there's been some kind of studio mix-up today, so we're joined today by our guest, who, judging by the way they're dressed, seems to have come straight from the 1600s. Indeed, ma'am. I have just arrived into thine era. We've had all the witches in my time, so we're looking for more here. Uh, are you actually saying you were a part of the Salem Witch Trials? Ooh, actually, we like to call them the Salem Impeachments. It's a very touchy subject. I mean, I guess we've had worse guests. We'll see. Our first story is about the ongoing confirmation process of Amy Cohen Barrett, who, by the time you're listening to this, will most likely be the fifth woman to ever join the Supreme Court. Let's see how our Puritan guests feel about having a woman on the Supreme Court. Surely you jest. Of course I love Barrett on the Supreme Court. Finally, someone who despises women nearly as much as I do. I'm glad to finally have representation on the court. I cannot wait until she gets rid of that awful 19th Amendment. Yeah, I don't know what else we were expecting to happen right there. In other news, the murder hornets that began appearing in Washington were forced to leave Seattle when they realized the rent really is that fucking high. Too bad for them. The hippies and vegans in Seattle probably would have let them get stung out of kindness. Murder hornets, you said. What sort of devilry has modern witchcraft created? You want to hear about witchcraft? A surefire case is the show The Masked Singer. I haven't heard of anything this dumb and yet still popular and ongoing since the actual Salem witch trials themselves. By far, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Do you think they're holding Ken Jeong's family hostage to get him to host it? It's the only possibility. Ken, just blink twice next time you're being held against your will. Speaking of massively toxic wastes of space, the Venezuelan oil barge Navarima is in danger of capsizing and releasing 80 million tons of crude oil directly into the Caribbean. Experts say that this could be the worst oil spill in recorded history. What's this oil you speak of? It's basically a liquid that makes our world run, and if you have it, our country is going to either befriend or invade you, depending on our mood. Lord almighty, this world is somehow more chaotic than it was before. Maybe, maybe, burning those witches didn't actually fix anything. Uh, to be fair, things are going pretty poorly for everyone, even excluding all the burning at the stake stuff. Hmm. Nay, nay, we were definitely right. I just have to go back and get more. Worry not, friends, I'll fix this. No, that's not what I... And he's gone. I'd say it can't get any worse, but I have discovered that 2020 takes it personally when you say that. Yep. That's all we have for you this week. We appreciate you listening to us. And remember, you can't can't have have shit shit in in 2020. 2020.
As a 20-year-old man, you may think to yourself, Wow, I miss the good old days when I could go out with the boys and breathe in the cool air on a late October night, trying to gather as much candy from strangers' homes as possible. It's nothing to be ashamed of. We all want, wish to go back to simpler times and our biggest worries were if our Halloween costumes were the same as someone else's. But society shames those trying to game the system and holiday supposedly intended for kids. Don't worry, I'm here to give you a little guide on how to properly trick or treat, even if society doesn't want you to. Number one, get a good costume. If you want to fool the people around you into thinking you belong, try and get in touch with youth culture. You may be thinking to yourself, that you can't possibly be out of the loop, as you aren't significantly older than the oldest kids going trick-or-treating. Trust me, you have no idea what kids are like nowadays. As a test, what shows are airing on Disney Channel? You can't say any. What's TikTok? You don't know. So figure out what the kids are into, and choose a costume accordingly. Worst comes to worst, you can't go wrong with the classic horror monster, like a werewolf. Number two. Try to recruit some kids as a cover. You'll look a lot less suspicious if you have some kids to make it seem as if you're chaperoning them when it's really the other way around. I recommend looking to Craigslist to hire child actors as your younger sibling. Number three, take advantage of homes with a take one bull. Who's gonna accuse an adult of stealing all the candy? Uno's probably one of the greedy little actor children. And number four, at the end of the night, say farewell to your strategic child actors and enjoy that rightfully plundered bounty. Despite the commonly believed idiom, stealing candy from babies is not easy and requires a great amount of planning. Luckily, I was here to assist you in getting all that sweet free candy, just like you did back in elementary school. Hi, my name is Caleb Hansen. I am the sound guy of the podcast. As of right now, I am hosting the main segment where we have Wa Chuck. Wa, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of information? Your majors, your favorite ice cream flavor, color, what year you are. I'll answer all of the above. My name is Wa. It's pronounced just like water, but without the tur. Um, I am a junior nursing major with an advocacy minor and a religious diversity minor. My favorite color, I am, my favorite color on the outside is yellow, but I'm definitely more of a gray person on the inside. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Oh, favorite ice cream flavor, lemon, of course. Anyone knows that. Why? Because I always talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. What kind of nurse do you want to be when you uh, graduate? That is the question. I have no idea. You know, half the time, I don't even know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I want to be a nurse, but I really don't know what I want to do. What, is, what if not a nurse, do you want to be? I know for sure I want to be a wedding planner at some point in my life. I know that's really, like, out of the blue, but I don't know. I've just always wanted to do that. That would be fun. My sister has a wedding coming up, so she could hire you just... Oh, yeah, I'd do it for free, you know, just for experience. I mean, that's how <laughs> inter internships work, don't they? I don't know what kind of internships you're getting, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So first thing I want to talk to you about today is what is it like to be a nursing student, especially this semester with COVID-19? Actually, I get that question a lot. Um, so junior year, you start your clinicals. Like, you, we have six hours clinicals um, two times a week. And sophomore year, we just really ease into it with four hours, second semester. So it's really nothing compared to, um, like, junior year and senior year. Um, but actually this year, 
it's uh, it doesn't really feel like there's anything different other than like the masks um like we still get to go to clinical and it's still our normal rotation it's just everything is jam-packed so it feels more stressful than what it typically would be what does a daily clinical experience look like for you it depends on where you're at. So junior year, um, first semester, we're at med surge, which is like a medical surgical floor and um, psych mental health floor. And really, um, you start the day, of course, you introduce yourself and then um, you do your morning meds. So any medication they need, um, you'll pass them with your instructor or, or with your nurse. And then after that, you just kind of see whatever like it is that they want or help out with the tech with blood pressure and vital signs. Um, but then you do your physical assessment and any meds, um, again, and it's just really, um, like, whatever happens, happens type of thing. <laughs> a lot of charting, so. What policies of the hospital have changed? Or is it, like, more chaotic due to COVID-19, or is it, like, more laid back, less people? Um, I think at first, right, it was, of course, a lot, a lot of chaos. Um, but now, really, it's just any time... Like, your mask is always on, which is, like, at all places. Um, and it kind of varies with your hospital. But the patients are pretty good about, um, like, keeping their mask on. But when they're in their rooms, they typically don't have their mask on. Um, but when they're out in the hallway walking or things like that, they have their mask on. They say that we have to have, like, our eye shield, so, like, goggles or whatever. Um, but that also just kind of depends. Are they supposed to have their mask on in the room? N not necessarily. I mean, some of them will put them on if, like, someone walks in, but because they're in their room, like, they're fine. Because the semester is shortened, do you guys have to still get the same amount of hours as a normal semester into this semester, or is that different as well? I think we do get about the same amount of hours. I really cannot tell you the amount of hours that we have to get. I just do what they tell me to do. All right, that is <laughs> exactly what I am currently doing. <laughs> what is the craziest thing that's happened to you so far during this semester uh, with regards to nursing doesn't have to be at the hospital but like with classes or anything like that um i had like what i like to call hell week uh i can't even like it's been it was so horrible that i can't even remember it was like i had exams for my nursing classes and then i had papers for my gen ed, my religion classes and then i had one-on-ones with residents that i had to get done by the end of the week and then I had two events, like for Senate and for CAB. All like this is all in one week, you guys. It was just terrible. It was a horrible week, but it was great. <laughs> all right, great. Why? Why would you say that was great? Great well, to get it done with? Well, I think it was because I'm. I can typically run on like you know being back to back with things and all that stuff, but I think it made it less like stressful because there are just little things that happen like people were helping with tear down and set up for events and like i don't know like things just there are little things that made the week easier like instead of putting all the work on me you know yeah that makes sense but unpacking that a little bit one-on-ones so that means that you are a first year ra yes i am <laughs> how is that going i really really like my floor this year of course i liked my floor last year too but i'm in month six um Fun fact is that I did not want to be a mental at all, <laughs> like at all. I'm, I, cause I, my freshman year I was in Ferg, and then I was in Ferg again on the same floor, 
when I was an RA. And then so moving to Munsell was just like, come on, like, really? I have to do that? All right. So as somebody who's lived in Munsell, why do you hate Munsell so much? I don't hate Munsell anymore. I really like Munsell now. It's just because I'm an, what's it called, creature of habit. So like having to move to Munsell where it's just slightly different, you know, I just couldn't get over it. I think the biggest question is which one's better? I can't answer that question. Why not? Because you're scared that it's going to be Munsell? <laughs> I think they're pretty equal. All right, moving on from that <laughs> lie. How has being a first-year RA changed? Um, that's, that's a good question, actually. We were talking about that with um, ORL and some of the RA staff. I think if you have been an RA in, like, normal times, right, um, the difference, I think, a lot this year is that you have to be really intentional about reaching out to your residents because everyone's, like, in their rooms or, like, you know, there's not enough, there's not a lot of stuff going on, which I feel like that's debatable. Um, but there's just a lot of more procedural things that we have to, you know, think through. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I don't think I gave a great answer for that, but... I mean, it's all right. <laughs> How do you reach out to as residents? Like, what works the best? Or what is it, what's the weirdest thing that you've tried to reach out to residents this semester? I am a big, like, text person. Like, I feel like that's the... I don't think that's a weird way to reach out to residents. But I just like, like, text check-ins. I know some people are not, like, a big, like, I don't know, mess... Like, I have a friend. His name is Jacil. He, like, hates when I text him. He just, like, would FaceTime me to answer anything. Like, it'd be, like, the most, like, simple question, and he would just FaceTime me to answer the question, which, like, I appreciate. You know, I love seeing his face and all that, but sometimes just, like, I just want to prompt, like, <laughs> a nice and simple answer. But I don't know. I reach out to people by texting a lot, especially my residents, so. What's the craziest thing that's happened on your floor or in the building when you've been on duty? Oh, I know, I know. Okay, so last year... I was like, I don't even remember if I was on duty, but there are these group of, it's just like, I think it was four of them, and they were just like mattress surfing with like a Yeti in their hand. You know, we all know what that's filled with. Water. Um, of course, water. Only water. Ice cold water. Um, but yeah, they were just going from like the seventh floor. This is in Ferg. So like from the seventh floor, and then we found them, and they're like, oh, I don't know why this mattress is here. And I'm just like, oh, that's really funny. Like, I don't know why it's here either. So, yeah, I Did, guess that. I, if you are a sophomore and you know what she's talking about. <laughs> How long have you been on Cab Exec or working with Cab? Um, I was not on Cab Exec my freshman year, but I was involved. So I was a GA member, which is a General Assembly member. Um, but then I've been on cab execs since sophomore year, so this is my second year. So who else is on cab exec? Um, so it is Janaid, who is the director, Victoria, who is operations, um, Lucas, who is the other programmer, Val, who is marketing, and Grant, who is PR. Is that everybody on exec? That is everybody. And then our advisors is Casey and Kevin from Student Involvement. I do like it. I'm a programmer. Um, that kind of sounds like, you know, people are like, what is that? But um, I wish, like, our title would be, like, event planner or, like, event coordinator or something because I feel like that just kind of 
like upfront, like I plan events. That's what I do. So that's what a programmer is. Yes, exactly. What events have you programmed or <laughs> created <laughs> this far? I can I can have the top ones. Of course, bingo. Everybody loves bingo. I think that's probably my favorite event to run and to like prep for because buying prizes are always fun. Um, let's see. That's a pretty challenging event to like, what's it called? Program. Um, yeah, to program, exactly. <laughs> to prep for and everything like that. Just because there's a lot of, there's some moving parts, right? You have to get the prizes, you have to blah, blah, blah. Um, the first, funny story, the first time I ever ran a bingo, it was my first, this is my first event ever, like ever on campus. And we thought like, you know, maybe about 100 people would show up. And I was like scared that more than 100 people would show up. So I was like, should we print more bingo cards? Because we only have 100 and I don't want to, you know. And we didn't. We didn't end up printing bingo cards. And over 250 people showed up at this event. And it was my first event. And people were yelling at me. People were like, you're saying the numbers wrong. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> How many bingo events have you had since then? I've had three bingo events, and there's one more coming up. So we, I think it's a tradition now. We start every semester with a bingo event. So that's always fun. When's the next one that you guys are doing? Halloween from 8 to 10. What day is this? This is um, the October 31st, 2020, yeah. <laughs> a Saturday. Yeah, so on October 31st. Yes. Make sure that you tune in is it virtual or is it in person it's in person it's going to be in hansen um there are lots of great prizes yeah so make sure that you get there what prizes are there going to be do you know yet oh i do what are they or can you not let us know yet i can i can let you know all right i'll, what's I'll there? let i'll let the listeners you know in on a little secret <laughs> <laughs> it might be the list might already be released when this episode comes out but um there's gonna be tvs apple watches French press, air air fryer, hand steamers, um, some wireless earbuds, you know, all of the above. Come. It'll be fun. What is the best, out of all the grocery bingos, what's the best prize? That I've ever bought. That you've ever, yeah, bought for the event. Like the most expensive prize or like the best prize? Uh, let's do both. Okay. Um, I think the most expensive prize was these like wireless Beats um, headphones. I think they're like Beats Solo or whatever. Okay. Um, that was at Winter Mingo. And I feel like people would argue that that's probably the best prize. But personally, my favorite prize, it's, um, it's one that's going to be at Halloween Bingo. It's kind of like, have you seen those like desks where you can put on your bed and you can just, it's like a foldable desk type of thing. It's almost like a breakfast tray looking type thing. Sure. That's like, I wish I could win that. You know what I mean? How much does it cost? It didn't cost very much, but I, I want that. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you could probably just go buy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same winning a prize, so. That's true. That's true. And I will never get to win a prize at Bingo. How sad is that? Let's, uh, talking about events, what is your, other, other than Grocery Bingo, I mean, unless that is your favorite event, what is your favorite event that you've planned? So last year, it was kind of like, it was a free-for-all for me. Like, I could do, I mean, it still kind of is, um, with student input, of course, but I kind of did, I just, it was a lot of trial and error. 
Um, and one of the events that I planned was called Fall Fest. Um, and I didn't realize how big of a hit it would have it was until you know the event happened. So I think that's a fun event to plan and to see people come because everyone enjoys like fall and things like that. But my absolute favorite event that I have planned um, besides bingo is Taste of Summer. So that event, um, <laughs> the turnout. So Fall Fest and Taste of sorry Fall Fest and Grocery Bingo. The headcount was over two fifty for both events. Um, but Taste of Summer, on the other hand, um, I can't even remember. It might have been like a, it might have been like the, I think the weather it was. It was like pouring rain or like ice or something. So the turnout for that event was maybe around like 10, 15 people. But it was like the best event for me because I got to enjoy like everything at the event and got to participate in the event. You know, we played Foursquare. We had all this ice cream. It was a good event. So I definitely remember that event because <laughs> I was there. As not a cab member, I ended up being in charge of the music. Uh, look at that. Look Only at that. involved in sound ever. <laughs> Nothing important. That's why they call you sound guy. I know. There's my title. Let's talk about the big events. Are you involved anything with anything to do with the big events? What are the what the are big those? show? Yeah, the big shows. Yeah, um, so I'm not really involved with a lot of the logistical stuff. I get, um, I mean, all of exec gets looped in on all the things that we have to know, right? Like, when are we doing this, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, but we all make a decision together um, about, like, the artist list that we release for people to vote on. Um, but, like, the actual planning and getting things together for that event, that doesn't fall on me. That falls on um, the director and the operations coordinator. So both of those positions, Janae um, Ali is the director and Victoria I'm not even gonna try to say her last name <laughs> Victoria is the operations um, person so they do a lot of the planning but yeah uh, what insight can you give us about Josh Peck <laughs> he is a really cool guy honestly <laughs> what did the process look like for getting him and why did you choose him so we wanted to choose a comedian um, but our, we were kind of limited on who we could choose just because of the pricing, um, because we typically don't do a big quote unquote big show during the fall. Um, it's typically just the spring semester, spring, winter semester. Um, but because of how things are with COVID and things being online, um, we thought it'd be cool to do like a mini big show. Um, so so, so we decided on doing a comedian, and then we just got, like, a huge list, and Josh Peck was definitely one of, like, the top, like, known names. Um, and people on exec were excited and, you know, all that stuff, so. Who else was on the list, curiously? Just off the, like, anyone that you remember. I genuinely could not tell you. <laughs> right. There were so many people on the list. All right. You were interviewing Josh Peck, right? There's, like, six of you, seven of yeah, you? Yeah, it was all of exec. How did that go? I thought it went well. I thought it was fun. Um, Lucas Wheat, he is the other programmer um, with me. Um, I thought him and Josh, like, really connected. I think it's also because of Lucas's personality. He's just good with doing stuff like that. Um, but I think, I don't know, I thought I thought it was fun. Um, Josh is really easy to talk to. It just kind of feels like a normal conversation, as if, like, we already knew him from before. But it was kind of, I think, personally, I thought it was difficult um, with six people because right it's virtual and we were split up into teams so it's like three of us and then 
the other three was in another room. So we weren't to get physically together. Um, so it was hard to read body language. It's hard to see like when people would say something and to follow a script because Josh just kind of, you know, was talking, which is, which is great because it kind of made it more natural, but it was hard to read people. For sure. What is a highlight from it, from w working and interviewing Josh Beck? I think the highlight is just that, right? I got to interview Josh Peck. Who gets to say that? <laughs> what's the, all right, all right, rephrase. What's the tidbit, what's the best tidbit of information that he let you know? Insight. He's just a really chill guy. All right. Yeah. Uh, what was the turnout for that event? I'm curious. Like the specific headcount? Sure. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure it was... I'm sorry. It was like 6,000. <laughs> yeah, it was like 10,000. 10,000 people. We also advertised to ICO. No, we did not. All right. <laughs> Is there going to be a spring show still, spring big show? Yes, we were just talking about that. So how it works is that we um, plan... Like, by the end of our fall semester, we have all of spring planned out. So, but for Big Show, we kind of just start talking about um, people we want to bring or, like, genres and things like that. So, we're actually in the middle of our, um, like, event planning stage right now for next semester. Because this episode is coming out right before Halloween or on Halloween or whenever I decide to post this episode, we're going to be engaged in a Halloween section. I know. It's spooky. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start this off by just asking some crazy questions. And you're welcome to ask back if you want to. This is fun, spooky stuff, stuff time. time. Okay. With three exclamation points. All right. Not four. Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? I think I'm supposed to because Halloween bingo is on Halloween. I think we said that we're going to dress up for Halloween. But I have no idea what I'm going to dress up for. So if you have any ideas, please give them to me. I don't know off the top of my head. Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what my Halloween looks like this year, to be honest. Well, you're going to be at bingo, so... So... All right, well, if I'm being forced to go to bed, I guess I'm dressing <laughs> up. My girlfriend and I, she wants me to, or us to dress up as the rat from Ratatouille and the chef. I forget Oh, my gosh. Name. You'd be the rat. No, she wants to be the oh. rat. <laughs> <laughs> so she wants to be the rat. I'll be the chef with the hat. Okay. Um, and that is our couple's costume. I personally want to brainstorm a little bit more ideas. <laughs> Just a tad. Just a little bit. Yeah. But she, I think she's dead set on it, so I don't think I have a say in what's going on. Uh, <laughs> on the same topic, what's the silliest or stupidest thing you've dressed up as in previous Halloweens? I'm a big high school musical person. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I've definitely dressed up as like it's like it's so weird because they get really specific with like the costumes, you know what I mean? So like do you know this um the scene where Gabrielle no, it was Troy. Troy sings it first on the stage and everything is white and they sing the song every day. Um in high school musical two. Yes. And then like Gabrielle comes like walking down and then they like, you know, classic it's a class you know um yeah i've dressed up as like that like the dress that she's wearing in that but also oh my gosh i just remember there's this um it's in high school musical one where sharpay sings bob to the, no not bob to the top 
What's the other one? The other one where she's wearing like a sequence, um, short sleeve, um, pink. Mm. It's like, what is it called? Um, is that not Bop to the Top? No, it's like before they sing Bop to the Top. Like they're auditioning to be in the musical or whatever. Oh. It's like Ryan and Charpe. Do you know? Yeah. What is it? Yes, 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 yes. That outfit. I've dressed up as that. So you dressed up as Sharpay and you dressed up as Mm -hmm. High School Musical 2, end of the movie, song, Gabrielle. Yep. Are those two separate years that you dressed up as High School Musical? They were two separate years. I also dressed up as Hannah Montana. Uh, Of course, I'm not blonde, so I had the wig. Dressed up as a witch. You know, your classic elementary school stuff. I don't know if dressing up as a high school musical character is classic. I might be wrong there. Are you kidding me? That is so cool. Like, yes. I mean, I personally dressed up as... (laughs) A dinosaur? Well, we were on a budget. (laughs) I dressed up as a caterpillar. Um, I dressed up as a lawyer turned FBI agent. (laughs) No, it was FBI agent turned lawyer because I was like just walking down the street as my seven-year-old self. And given Halloween costumes on a budget, I just had like a female blazer from Goodwill that I bought for $2 because my mom's like, it'll look great on you. And I was walking down the street and there's police officers because it's Halloween. And he's like, oh, are you a lawyer? I'm like, I fucking guess. I was like, (laughs) I was trying to be a FBI agent, but sure, why not? Whatever you say. Yeah, whatever you say, man. You're the police. (laughs) And then I wanted to be, I think this was the last Halloween that I went trick-or-treating. I wanted to be a classic bedsheet ghost. And, like, those photos are going all over, like, Instagram. Yeah, right? I feel like that's a big thing right now. Yeah, but this is back, like, either eighth grade of middle school or freshman year of high school or something like that. All I wanted was, like, a bed sheet, cut two eye holes in it, and just walk around town. Are you trying to say you started the trend? Is no. That, because is that this, what's happening? No, because <laughs> I never actually got to do that because I let my mom know and my grandma know. And then all of a sudden, they're buying me, like, extravagant, like, ghost <laughs> costumes. Like, all I wanted was a bed sheet. And they went, and, like, to the, I don't know, Spirit Halloween, the one that pops up and closes down every Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they bought, like, ghost masks, the ghost pants, like, just random shit. I'm like, all I really wanted was a, a bed sheet. <laughs> and it never happened, and I think I ended up just walking around with a t-shirt that they bought me, because they couldn't figure it out, that said, this is my Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I to this Classic. day, I do not know why it was that hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, when was the last time that you went trick-or-treating? Probably, <laughs> I think I went trick-or-treating even, like, sophomore year of high school. No shame, honestly. No, maybe that was, no, that was probably freshman year of high school. That's Is it sophomore year or freshman year? You got to choose one. I think it was freshman year. That no was sh- Batman. You dressed up as Batman for your freshman year of high school. Yeah. If there wasn't COVID-19, would you go trick-or-treating this year? No, I'm just too lazy. (laughs) Has nothing to do with age, just you're too lazy. Yeah, I'm just too lazy. And plus, plus, I have a shit ton of munch money, so I can always just go to the out and buy all the crappy candy I want to. So, And if anyone wants me to buy them candy, please, I I will buy you candy. It's different, though. Getting candy from strangers and getting (laughs) and buying your own candy. All right, lazy. Next question. What is the scariest non-movie you've seen? Okay, this isn't a movie, but I'm also just not a... Um, I just get scared very easily, you know? Um, but, like, shows like... What's it called? Like, Pretty Little Liars. 
You got scared from Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. <laughs> I was creeped out. I couldn't, like, when I, I shit you not, when I said I couldn't sleep, like, I would just, I would lay there in bed, you know, lights are off, and I would just sit up, and I would just look around my room, like, constantly, and then lay back down, and then sit up again just to check to see if A was there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> I get freaked out, like, that's why I don't watch anything like that. All right, as, a, as somebody who's <laughs> never watched Pretty Little Liars, what, give us a quick rundown, no spoilers or anything like that. I mean, what I stopped was, watching what it. What was but scary about it? It's just like the suspense. And, I mean, <laughs> someone's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm not going to call him out or anything. But it's like, I mean, okay, it's very dramatic, right? Like, it's pretty, it's dramatic. It's like your class, like your, like there's gossip and things like that. But it's like the whole notion behind like there's someone like that is possible, that's dead, but we don't know if she's dead. And like, she keeps dropping like little hints of like you know clues that maybe I'm alive and maybe I'm not alive and like they're trying to figure out who A is and just that whole thing freaked me out you know I started like writing my own story in my head and that's where it gets you you know it's where you just have nightmares and yeah I'm not proud of it but like shows like Bones have you ever seen Bones I have or like any of like those criminal show shows, like I get freaked out. So, yeah, my, I'm, yeah, yeah. My parents made me watch those criminal shows since I was like. It's freaky. So young. Have you heard of the old ones like Psych? Oh my gosh, yes. But I think Psych is funny. Psych's funny until you get to like Yin and Yang. Mm. I I didn't make and it then, that far. Well, I mean, like as a seven-year-old. Oh. <laughs> it's terrifying when you're talking about serial killers and like watching people die. That's and then have true. you guys heard about Monk? No. Give or take, yeah. Um, Monk was also terrifying to watch as a seven-year-old. And then my dad, because he bought him on like a DVD set, made us watch Jurassic Park, all three of them. Wait, is Jurassic Park like scary? I don't, I don't think... You don't think Jurassic Park's scary? I mean, not really. But you think <laughs> Pretty Little Lies is scary? <laughs> it's a different type of scary, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Whatever. All right. Forget it. Forget no. you. <laughs> no shame. Which is better, pumpkin spice, latte, or apple cider? All right, hot take, my friends. If you've never been to Fusion Brew to get their hot apple chider, um, we're not friends. Like, we're not talking. Did you misspeak there? Is it actually chider? It's chider. It's chai with apple cider. So I guess to answer this question, I'm probably more of the apple cider person, but it's not just any cider. It's like apple chider, you know, like chider. Anyway, all right. <laughs> we'll take apple chider from Fusion Brew. Yes. We are not endorsed by them, by the way, but if anyone from <laughs> Fusion Brew wants to sponsor this wonderful podcast we have going, what is your biggest fear? Let's talk about rational. What is your biggest rational fear? Spiders count? Yeah, that is rational okay, fear. Okay, that's rational. What yeah, spider? So What's the scariest spider? Any spiders. Like, any insects. I don't like them. Even, like, the little small ones? No. I mean, I'll kill them. Oh. I mean, I won't kill... I, I never kill spiders. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I don't know why you get self-conscious about that, that statement. I mean, but... I have other people kill them for me. Okay. But I feel like that's a pretty basic fear, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a basic fear. Yeah. All right. What's your biggest <laughs> irrational fear now? Um... Some people know this, but I don't know if this is considered rational. So 
I'm not, I don't fear water, but I fear, and I don't fear the deep end. Like I can swim and all that stuff, you know, but I don't like like going, like, I don't like opening my eyes um, underwater sometimes, especially in the deep end. Cause I don't like seeing the gap between my legs and like the, fl- what's it called? The, the floor. floor. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, thank you. The floor. So I, I don't like visually seeing that, but also it's a dangling feeling of emptiness, like with your legs to, to the, what's it called? <laughs> the huge gap to the floor. It's, I don't know. I just, it's so like, ooh, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I used to be afraid of, um, you know, those black like lines on the, you know those black lines that like has it's like the different lanes it separates the different lanes of what of the pool oh yes or like those big crosses uh-huh. at the end of the pools like i used to be scared of those too why it's just it's just freaky to me like i don't know it's just freaky like it's an irrational the... fear so i don't know why you're making me rationalize this but there's one okay this is kind of it goes along the lines with like the black um crosses and all that stuff <laughs> like like okay sometimes have you ever like stood next to like a big ginormous ship like a okay yeah like ocean or something like that yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so, so like i don't i feel like every time i'm next to like one of those big ships i look at it and i just kind of get like uh i don't know it's also higher rational i'm not speaking with i don't speak with words apparently so people say that about me i like to speak with motions it's so, so big <laughs> so, all right all right yes what about you what about you what's your deepest darkest fear i don't fear anything mm. interesting moving on who would win in a battle an army of skeletons or an army of zombies i'm gonna have to go with the skeletons all right, you have to rationalize this one, though. Because, honestly, I picked skeletons because I like <laughs> I like the bones <laughs> and all the different parts of the bones. <laughs> so there's literally no rationalization. It's just, I like anatomy. <laughs> so I'm rooting for you, skeletons. All right, for this segment, in, in tradition for Halloween and following for our Halloween questions, we have written terrible, terrible spooky stories for us to read. <laughs> and hopefully maybe scare some people. Not because they're terrible or they're spooky stories, but more that they're terrible stories. This one's called Terrible Spooky Story 1. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a house. Now, this house seemed like any ordinary house at first glance. But if you open the door, there was no furniture. No furniture, that is, except a side table with a single lamp placed directly in the center of the room. No one who trespassed in the house dared move the lamp, for there were rumors surrounding it that ranged from plausible to batshit crazy. Some said the lamp held the spirit of the old man who'd lived in the house before his ultimate death, three years before. Some said the spiritual energy that naturally emitted from a person's body made the lamp flicker to life. 
and some said that it had a new lampshade every three days, and the old ones just mysteriously vanished. One day, a scared boy from out of town found himself hiding in the house on a cold October day. There was no getting through the current conditions without some rest, so he decided to stay put. As he shuffled through the extremely dark rooms with no light to guide him, he eventually found himself in the lamp room. Relieved at the fact that he found something, he flicked the lamp on. Nothing happened. He tried again. And again. Still nothing. Defeated, he sat down on the floor and leaned against the table where the lamp rested. After a few moments, he heard a metallic sort of shuffling for no more than three seconds. And then the lamp fell in his lap. Ah! The lamp! The boy screamed, jolting in shock. Ah! The boy! <laughs> the lamp screamed back. Three days later, the lamp was back on its table where it always rested. But underneath the table now rested a single sneaker, forever with its, without its pair and without its owner. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> they're, they're spooky st story one. <laughs> what would you give it one through ten? How scared were you? As I was reading it? Uh-huh. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no number, just terrified. All right, the title of the, this one is called Terrible Spooky Story 3. It was Halloween night when a group of film majors attending Columbia decided to devise a plan to sneak into the SNL studio at the Rockefeller Center. According to their plan, they were going to sneak in through the back door and into Keenan Thompson's dressing room to steal his Steve Harvey mustache. Everything was going accordingly for the group until they changed their plan and decided to get some rest in the studio for the night. They all huddled together and caught some shut-eye on the prop, back, prop bed backstage. It was around 3 in the morning when all the friends jolted awake. It was the distant music of a saxophone that awakened them. Freaked out, they all decided to make a break for it. The music got louder and louder as they made their way towards the exit. The music from the saxophone was louder than, than ever once they made it to the, to the door. They pushed and pulled, but the door would not budge. It had been welded shut. The friends desperately looked for another way out, but every door was the same as the first. They ran, they ran down the deep, dark hallway towards the first window they found when they all tripped and fell. What did we trip on? One friend asked. Why is the floor wet? Asked another. One friend took out their phone and turned on the flashlight. Bill Hader's severe, severed head laid on the floor and the friends were covered in his blood. They all screamed and continued to run towards the window. The window had been br bricked up from the outside. They contemplated what their next move would be, but they could barely speak over the eerie music from the saxophone. They heard the music getting closer and closer. They peered down the hallway from which they came, and there he was. Kenan Thompson, dressed as Steve Harvey, covered in blood, playing the saxophone. They tried to run, but there was nowhere to go. Kenan Thompson, dressed as Steve Harvey, covered in Bill Hader's blood, pulled out a knife and started stabbing everyone in the middle of the group, in the middle in the group, killing from shortest to tallest. Why are you doing this? One friend asked. I'm not Keenan, he responded. He pulled on a mask that covered his whole head. I'm C Cecilia. 
Sicily. Live from New York, it's Saturday night! <laughs> well, those are some terrible, terrible... <laughs> I told you they were Well, thanks for coming on. It was lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank Great you. Great for getting your insight and getting to know you. Is there any final words that you want to say? Well, thanks for having me. It was a grand time. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know um, all the people behind Slightly Underwhelming. Um, but yeah, I would love to see everyone at all of our cab events, um, especially Halloween bingo. Dress up as however you want to and join the party. There'll be lots of candy. Again, it is at Hanson on Halloween from 8 to 10 p.m. with lots of wonderful prizes. So make sure you go to Grocery Bingo, get some great prizes, and her favorite prize ever is going to be there. So make sure you win that from her. Heck yeah. I believe that's all the time we have for today, Wilmers. Special thanks to our special guest, Wa Chuk, for joining us and helping us get into the spooky season spirit. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are sold, so be sure to tell your friends and classmates to give us a listen. Stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your damn hands, you private school heathens. See you at our final episode of the semester, where we'll have an episode that will undoubtedly be a showstopper. Slightly Underwhelming is produced by Paige McLaughlin and Seth Morgan, edited by sound guy Caleb Hansen, managed on social media by Leah Rosen, and written by Calvin Holliday, Lucas Reinecker, and Zoe Hovde. And as always, we anxiously await the return of eye candy, Stephen Lee.